0: Welcome to the Striving for Revival Radio Broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm excited today, as I believe we look at a very important section of Scripture, a very necessary section of Scripture for you to understand. And this rightly understanding, rightly dividing this section of Scripture will keep you from heresy, uh, from bad doctrine. And there's a group of people out there that would teach contrary to what I'm going to show you from the Bible today. But if we just look at these verses and we read them, And we don't lift them out of context. It's very evident what the Bible's teaching here, and I think it'll be a help to you. you want to stay uh, attuned as we study through these verses together. Let me uh, say this. If you've missed any of our late uh uh, studies uh, the studies here lately then you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and you can subscribe and that way you can listen to these bible studies over and over again and at your leisure you can take them with you wherever you go and i know many of you have told me that you listen every day and use these as your devotion time or with your study time and that might be a help to you especially if you want to go back and take notes and write some things down put them in the margin of your bible and then also you can use that for teaching if If you teach a class, uh, you can take some of these thoughts, maybe elaborate on them, and use them for your class, and I'd invite you to do just that. I love the Bible. I'm glad that we can sit down together, look into its pages, and hear from God. Somebody said, I wish God would speak to me. Well, (laughs) when's the last time you read your Bible? Every time you open that book. God opens his mouth. Yes, right. This is the Word of God. He speaks to you through his Word. That's how he speaks to you. You're not going to hear an audible voice. You're not going to have some strange vision, but you'll meet God in the Bible, and that's where I try to meet him every single day. Today, we're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and we'll more than likely finish out this chapter today. But Peter's been dealing with suffering, and he tells the Christian, you can make it. You can, you can do it. And he said, here's your example. Jesus is the example. Jesus suffered the just for the unjust, and uh, he gave us the example that we can follow in his footsteps of suffering. Now, if you look back in verse number 16, the Bible talks about we are to suffer with a meek and quiet spirit. Uh, we do it with fear. Why? So that we have a good conscience. A good conscience is talking about keeping our mind clear that we did it right, that, uh, that we didn't bring that persecution on us because we were being uh, um, out of line or stupid or doing something that would uh, draw negative attention, but we suffered for doing well. We suffered for doing right. If we suffer persecution uh, for taking a stand for Christ, then we should be happy. And that's what the Bible said. It said you ought to be happy if the will of God be so, to suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. He said it's better. It should be better. You should just be uh, rejoicer, able. To suffer shame for his name. All right, so let's pick it up now uh, in verse number 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. But quickened by the Spirit, Jesus yielded his body, gave up his life, laid down for you and I. He was dead in the flesh, that earthly tabernacle, but quickened by the Spirit. Jesus came out of the grave three days later, his, uh, glorified body, and that's an example. He's the first fruit, and we're soon to follow when that rapture day, resurrection day comes, and we'll just be like our Savior by uh, by a rapture, uh, coming out of the grave, by resurrection. Whatever it is, we'll meet the Lord in the air and thank God we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Verse number 19, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. That's talking about the Old Testament saints that are in paradise. Jesus descended. Paradise was in the heart of the earth. And the Bible talks about how he led captivity captive. All of those in the Old Testament that died in the Lord went to paradise. All right. And Jesus died and Jesus got the keys of death and of hell. And he led captivity captive. Took them from uh, paradise up into glory, verse number twenty, which sometimes were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited, and here's our example in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved. Now watch the phrase by water. The like figure were unto even baptism doth also now save us. Now that sounds strange. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. But the answer, and here's a phrase you have to tie back to verse 16, of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, if we look at these verses... And read them in context. We find this example of Noah. And remember, the context is given in verse 16. We're talking about a good conscience. We're not talking about uh, the salvation of the soul. But we're talking about the saving of the conscience, if you will. And the Bible talks about having a good conscience. Now, we have this example of Noah. In those days of the flood, Noah, the Bible talks about some were disobedient. In that day of the days of Noah, men were living in outright wickedness. Men were in rebellion against God. Uh, Their hearts were exceedingly uh, reprobate, anti-God. And we're talking about that wicked pre-flood world that Noah lived in. The long-suffering of God waited 120 years for Noah as he prepared that ark faithfully. And then the Bible says only eight souls were saved that means no in his family they were saved and here's a phrase by water now, there's a crowd out there that would say this means you have to be baptized to be saved. They would throw out John 3:16. They'd throw out Romans 10:13. They'd throw out, even in this chapter, 1 Peter 3:18. Uh, they'd, they'd throw out all these clear Bible verses that were redeemed by the blood, that were saved by grace through faith. All of these plain Bible verses. And they would throw out the example of those in Scripture. Thief on the cross never was baptized. Paul said, I, said, I think God to baptized none of you. He said, I came not to baptize but to preach but they throw all that out and say oh right here it is you got to be baptized if you're going to go to heaven it's a work you got to be baptized to go to heaven it says right here they were saved by water. Now here's the problem. you got to study your Bible. Now most people who twist Scripture and teach false doctrine, that's their problem right there is they don't do Bible study. They just take a verse, lift it out of context, make it a pretext, and just preach it to people. And they just uh, don't compare Scripture with Scripture. They look for no harmony in the Bible. They just lift something out of context and then make their application. But this is saved by water. What's that mean? That means they were saved through that water. They were saved from uh, that wicked world by that flood. That flood destroyed that wicked world, destroyed those that were living uh, that anti-God kind of lifestyle, took all the rebels of righteousness off the scene, and Noah and his family were spared from that judgment. That water saved them from that generation. It destroyed them. It destroyed all of those that were uh, living the wrong kind of a life, and Noah was lifted up on top of the water by the ark. (laughs) Noah wasn't saved, necessarily saved in this context by the water. He was saved by being in the ark, right? But that water is what separated noah from that wicked generation the phrase uh, is used often by those who would teach baptismal regeneration that means baptism for salvation but a more than glancing view real, uh, reveals uh, this verse isn't teaching that just logic and studying your bible reminds us Noah and his family weren't saved by water they were saved from water and if you look at the word by right here, it means through or because of. So Noah and his family were saved through water or because of the water. It saved Noah from that wicked generation. You say, but what about the next verse? The like figure unto even baptism doth also now save us. Uh oh. You see, there it's plain, Brother Cooper says, baptism saves us. What are we talking about? A good conscience. That's what we're talking about. Verse 16 set the context, and verse 21 even follows it up, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The word we have here uh, 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 is, uh, it has the idea of it's, it's a figure. It's a form or a pattern. It's a picture. The figure or the picture or the formed pattern is baptism. It doesn't save us from the filth of the flesh. It says it in the verse. That means it doesn't save us from our sin, but it delivers to us a good, clear conscience before God. That's what Peter's talking about. Baptism is an act of obedience. A Christian who is saved then follows that uh, the Lord in baptism. We call it believers' baptism because it's for believers. You don't sprinkle a baby and make the baby saved. You don't get dunked in deep water and think that you're saved it is the blood of christ you're saved by grace through faith not of works lest any man should boast so why get baptized it is an outward expression of that inward act you've been buried you've been raised to new life and you're you're identifying with jesus christ and it delivers or saves you from that bad conscience it gives you a good conscience toward god a Christian who's saved but has not been scripturally baptized is disobedient, and therefore they can't have a clear conscience. Just like the ark saved Noah, so we've been saved by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptismal regeneration is not even in the ballpark. It's not even on the property of this passage. Peter's only using an illustration of how to have a to get altogether clear conscience before our God. So here's the greater context. The thought is, God delivered Noah from opposition and persecution he faced in preparing his ark. He suffered righteously, just like our Lord did. So whenever we go through these things, we can understand we're going to suffer as well. When we serve God in this world, he shall have tribulation. Water doesn't save. What shall wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.